0: it seems like you mentioned twice the ones that um, you kind of have an ease to learning but also I think you mentioned once that you you always feel like you can learn anything do, do you know where that comes from that you would always like go into something you wouldn't know anything about it and you would you would be like oh I can hmm. I can figure it out I can learn it and I can become good at it because oh. I think a lot of people don't have that and you started a lot of things from scratch so I think you have to have some like secret sauce there
1: that, that's a great question, actually, because, uh, in fact, when I was 16, I mean, in, in, in the UK, you do exams at 16. You fact, do you what? Do them at it, you do exams.
0: Ah, OK, exam- yeah, yeah it's 16, you yeah. do them at
1: 11 and it's called the 11 plus or it was at the time. And if you get really good marks, you can go to a really posh school, a really good school. If you get bad marks, you go to a really bad school. And I was on the cusp. I almost got the good marks, but I didn't get them. So I went to the really crap school. Mm. Uh, then at 16, you do exams and I failed almost all of them. I went from being one of the brightest kids in the class to being one of the stupidest kids in the class or the least successful, let's say. Um, And then I scraped through my levels and then the economics degree. Basically I did economics because for me it was the easiest subject I could find. I found it easier than the other ones. Um, And so my educational career, I've got a degree, so obviously it's not a failure, but it, it it wasn't what it should have been. Uh, and I think that 's encouraging for anybody, just in the sense that um, academic qualifications aren 't everything. Um, your perseverance and your desire to learn uh, a great deal in that, and your capacity to and it 's having a flexible brain. I was talking to a guy called David Ameland, who 's an absolute absolute lovely chap and a genius person about analyzing how we how we think and how we work in our brains um, and we were talking about flexible people with flexible brains and people without flexible brains narcissists don't have flexible brains mm. um a, a people with empathy do have flexible brains i mean obviously that's not the only distinction but it's a, it's a good way of looking at it because we had a guy in the band who a bit the narcissist he couldn't learn to play the guitar he would play every day three hours and after four years he was still as crap as he was at the start
0: open mind no
1: yeah open mind. mind that's a good word and it comes that he couldn't understand that simply by practicing and practicing and practicing he didn't get any better so when i say persevere i mean persevere if you've got any semblance of talent um and persevere if you're willing to learn and adapt and keep that open mind be empathetic i mean i said earlier on about the the software i'm using i was trying to understand how they would be looking at it that's being empathetic Mm-hmm. It's understanding their point of view. And that helped me get to the point where I could master their or master, get something decent out of their software very quickly because I wasn't thinking, what would I do? I was thinking, what would they do to make this easy for me?
0: And who injected that in you? Like what did it just come somehow naturally for different like, It was the blue dog. Say again? It was the blue dog. Oh, the blue dog.
1: The blue dog. As I said, I became the blue dog. The blue dog was this incredibly nice, kind empathetic character with a big, deep voice I and mean, a little story with that is, that I started the voice and I thought my voice needed to be a little bit lower. So I took it down two semitones. So everything I sang and everything I said was down two semitones, which makes it slightly deeper. And having done that for four or five years, I realized that my voice now is the same as the adapted voice that i would made. So my voice adapted to the character, my character adapted to the character, I became more empathetic, more caring. Uh, I now say thank you incessantly, whereas I didn't before, because the the blue dog's role was to be polite. Uh, Please, thank you. Lovely to see you. Absolutely delightful. Um, Oh, and smiling and being chirpy and cheerful all the time. Because the, the voice was so low, I had to be excessively cheerful all the time. And that rubbed off on my character as well. And then if we come back to the Mauritius thing is when I couldn't find a PHP developer or a MySQL developer, I bought a book on Amazon, got it delivered to the house, read the book over the weekend, went in on the Monday and said to the developers, right, who didn't specialise in that, but you know, I did have developers and said, right, here's how we're going to approach it. You need to read that chapter, that chapter, that chapter, and then you're going to put this into operation. So it was it was by necessity. Because mm, but, the coding. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. So it was kind of it, it's a mixture of uh, you know, it, it was it was necessity to actually get things to move forward in a situation where if I didn't do it, nothing would happen. And mm-hmm. everybody was relying on me to make it happen. Uh, so responsibility, necessity and then being empathetic because I needed to be empathetic to what in the case of the software, how they're trying to approach it, but empathetic also to the people I was asking to do things into what could they do and what couldn't they do, what would demotivate them if it didn't work out, so on and so forth. So um, I, I like what you said about um, being, being open-minded, if you're open-minded. And that's the other thing, and I said it earlier on about be critical of yourself. Don't criticise yourself. Look for where things uh, could be better. This isn't as good as it could be. Don't ever say it's not good enough. It's not as good as it could be. And then you just keep moving. Like, it sounds terribly American and TED, but but that idea. I mean, um, with the, with the talks I give and the conferences I give, and the podcasts I, I listen back and I watch back, and I think, where where could I have made this a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And so it goes for performing as well, it goes with playing the double bass, it goes with being on stage, giving a show. Uh, I mean, when you're on stage playing the double bass, you're playing the double bass, you're singing, you're remembering the words, you're remembering the song, you're remembering the structure, and you're giving a show to the, to the, to the audience so that they, uh, there's a connection with them. You can't just play the, well, I can't just play the music and expect people to go, oh, well, great. that would be a, let's say, a dull jazz concert where people just admire how good you are, and I wasn't good enough to do that, so I would make a show so that people would get into the show and think "Wow, this is cool and I feel part of this show. Mm -hmm. Empathy again.
0: Yeah, empathy. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like you're you're just like developed a really good um, way with people like, you know, how to Be with people, talk with people, be empathetic with people, like throughout the the years and experiences.
1: Well, I had an interesting comment um, from from my ex girlfriend who said, um, basically, she's seen me working, she's seen me with one bunch of people, she's seen me with another bunch of people, she's seen me with the people I work with, and she's going to be the same everywhere. I mean, this is just me. It's not even kind of me trying to be nice to people or trying to be something that I'm not. It's I'm like this with my clients. I will say the same stupid things I'm saying to you that I will say it to my clients. So I can't be any other way and I lose clients because they think, oh, no, he's not very professional, but that's fine by me because I wouldn't enjoy it.